Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Treasure of Henrietta Twombly. This episode starts out with a logo for a show called Treasure Hunters appearing. Then we see the host introduce the show as a treasure hunting show. So the host kind of reminds me of the guy on Mad Magazine, like Alfred E. Newman. He has like red hair that's like combed to a side and he's like missing a tooth. I don't know if that's what they're going for exactly, although they might. Because, uh... Well, we'll get to that at the very, very end. And, uh, you know, he's just wearing an explorer's outfit. And, uh, he has, like, a vaguely Australian accent. So, once the show's introduced, the host talks about a legendary treasure that was buried underneath a shop in downtown city. They find the shop they're looking for and of course it's the littlest pet shop Blythe welcomes them at first but then uh, becomes confused by the camera crew there so the crew is setting up for filming and Blythe is overwhelmed by the amount of things that are happening which I can get behind I can understand you know, hold on, hold on a second. So in Summertime Blues, I compared myself to Blythe in the sense that when she's excited or when she's thinking fast, she can't speak because she had to spell something I forgot what it was that she spelled but I remember it being a fairly simple word and now I'm comparing myself to Blythe in that she gets overwhelmed by crowds I I'm, might need to put it out there but Maybe Blythe is also autistic, which would be cool, because, like, it might explain a few things. I don't know. I'd have to think about this more. This is just dawning on me now. I'd have to think about it, because, I don't know, this is a game changer for me. Because, like, like I said, I, I, I am autistic as well, so, like, like, I'm just a little overwhelmed at, like, what this actually means. Because, you know, this, this is something. I, I have, like, solid evidence for this. And it's amazing. And I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. We're going back to the episode now. So uh, she tries to sit in a chair but is informed by an assistant, which I believe might be the same assistant from uh, so, so You Skink, You Can Dance. Although they might just be using the same models. I don't know. Wait. Wait a tick. I have something that might explain this later. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. We'll we'll get to that. Uh but yeah, she's informed by an assistant that that's Riley's chair. So she finds another chair and tries sitting in it, but it gets pulled out from under her by the assistant who says that's her chair. 
So Blythe goes into the play area and complains about the crew. Penny Ling says it's exciting, and then Zoe walks out dressed as a pirate. Russell asks why, and Zoe believes that they're shooting a pirate movie called Treasure Hunters. She then practices her R's and compliments on how good she's doing with her R's. Vinny, also dressed as a pirate, swings down and falls face first. He then looks at Zoe and says, Well, this is awkward. Zoe asks what he's doing, and Vinny says that every pirate movie has a pirate jig. He then proceeds to do a jig, and Zoe tells him she got there first, so back off. Okay, I'm going to take a slight break to say this is the exact level of zany that is acceptable for this show. Now, I have proven time and time again that it goes above this level of zany. But if it didn't, I wouldn't be doing this show. Because I wouldn't be confused by, like, why this really extremely zany show also has these subtle moments. And why, like, the extreme zaniness of Phineas and Ferb is inconsistent with some serious storytelling aspects. And yeah, just the way that they mesh it's it's weird, but like like so far every joke in this episode is like the right level of zany. We'll get to something that confuses me this episode but as of now and until that point we're pretty much solid so pepper interrupts their squabble and explains that treasure hunters is a reality show and doesn't need actors or dancers russell asks what a reality show is and come on russell You've been to one. You were on one. You won one. If I remember. When like Blythe turned evil. Because she had the lingering biscuit in her. And it wasn't yet purified. And she entered you in a dog contest Russell. And you won because all the other dogs gave up. Like come on Russell. How bad is your memory? Although, although I could forgive you for not wanting to remember this. Because that was not a good episode. <laughs> that was not a good episode. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Pepper has a good explanation for what a reality show is regardless. And that is, instead of getting actors to pretend stuff, they get real people to pretend stuff. And that's, <laughs> that's a good one. So Pepper then goes on to explain that treasure hunters, uh, yes, I am saying that with an Australian accent from now on, because that's how it's always said in in this episode, is her favorite show, and then fangirls about it and goes into an Australian accent to describe the show, and uh, it's, it's delightful. So then, Mrs. Twombly is trying to give everyone on the crew tea. And Blythe says that she could just tell the crew that they're being very disruptive. But Mrs. Twombly says that that would be rude. (laughs) Uh, Like, what is it with Mrs. Twombly and getting taken in by spectacle? Like, it happened last episode with, like, the pet psychic. And now it's happening again with, um... Uh, the treasure hunters. Yeah. So, she offers tea 
to the host who we now learn is Riley. And Riley asks when this building was built. Mrs. Tomley said it was 19 something or 18 something. Either way, long before I was born. So I think it's implied that she and Riley are flirting a bit. And we'll get to why that is a problem later. So then the assistant comes and pushes Mrs. Tomley out of the way of the camera and they begin filming. Riley says that they're working off a tip and then he brings up a photo of what used to be there. It's a little cottage in the woods with a sapia tone. So now I know what you're thinking. If this is in the woods, why do you say downtown city was a part of New York City that broke off? Well, here's my explanation. New York City expanded into this little um, pocket of the woods. And we'll see a little bit of that expansion uh, in this episode. And uh, they did some development. And then later is when they broke it off. Because like, it was a different community than New York City proper, you know? There. So, back to the episode. Right, so this episode has, like, flashbacks to a story that takes place in the 19 or 1800s. I think it has to be 1800s. Because, like, we'll see later, but it has to be in the 1800s. Um, so the flashbacks have like a sort of sapient filter on it. So like we can still see color, but it's just with this sapient overlay. So we still see color, but it's it's not like unobstructed. Okay, I think we get it. Uh, so Riley introduces us to Henrietta Twombly, who lived in a cottage with her animals. So he says uh, people said she talked to her animals, which I think they're implying that she had the same mutant ability as Blythe. But there's no evidence of that in this episode. Like, at all. Like, she just talked to them like you would any pet. You know? And so... Back to the episode. Henrietta walks out of the cabin with a dog that looks like Zoe, who's wearing, like, a bonnet and everything. And they go to a hollow tree that is still standing and asks for... Hedgehog and Skunk. And that she and Dog will be waiting inside. And she wants all of the other animals out there. Panda, Gecko, Mongoose, and Monkey. So, she's not a very good namer of animals. She just calls them by their name. Their scientific given name or not scientific name because those are in Latin the uh, the 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 colloquial name I guess so this I will also get into later but I'm gonna I'm gonna let it soak for a minute just so I can Get it all in one fell swoop. So, uh, Mrs. Uh, not Mrs. Twombly, Henrietta Twombly, uh, wants to show the pet something, and then uh, when they go back inside, we see uh. 
the this is this is going to be very very hard to explain with a straight face so we see the biscuit twins but they're not the biscuit twins they're the biscuit brothers so it's the biscuit twins model but they're dressed as like late 1800s businessmen they have mustaches and they have bowler hats and suits but they still have like the hairpins from now and they're still have like the makeup I think it's a little hard to tell because we don't see them in the present but I'm assuming that's the way I think it was that and they comment on how Henrietta Twombly is off her rocker but they still have the speaking conventions of the Biscuit Twins themselves even though this is in the late 1800s when you know people talked a little differently language is an ever-changing thing and how we speak in America today is as different from how we spoke in America in the 1800s as the difference between how we speak in America and how we speak in the UK. So, heck, even like how I speak in Wisconsin and how someone in the South would speak, you know? Anyway, so, uh, right, right, okay, uh, I did add this note because I think it was an interesting callback. So, uh, if you're having trouble, uh, picturing what this would be like, just, uh, just think back to Bakers and Fakers when, uh, the Biscuits were pretending to be journalists. So it's it's kind of like that, but for a whole episode, and they're actually their ancestors. <laughs> so, da -da -da. then they eavesdrop on Henrietta telling the pets about her treasure, which, uh will ensure them they will never go hungry again. So this makes the biscuits greedy and want to take the treasure. So in the present day, Riley is reiterating the treasure of Henrietta Twombly. Riley pulls out a map he found and says that the treasure is 40 paces from the entrance, which he finds and then the assistant brings out uh, paint and then marks it with an X for fun I guess Blythe is then freaking out about this while Mrs. Trombley is wondering about her apparent great 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 grandmother which the math I'm not sure adds up unless this takes place in like the 1860s 1840s maybe I don't know, because that, that's, like, five generations back. And, like, in theory, five, like, at least two generations have passed since Mrs. Twombly was born, I think. So we're dealing with a time scale that's, I mean... For sure, it's over a hundred years, but I don't know how far back this goes, actually. So, whatever. Well, this is this is confusing, but not as confusing as stuff we're gonna get to. Maybe it's just Mrs. Trombley lying to make herself look younger for 
Riley, but like I said, I'll explain why that's problematic. <laughs> so uh, they remove the floorboard and start digging, and Blythe is freaking out about this. But Mrs. Trombley just offers them more tea because it's exhausting work, and they need to get, you know, energy. <laughs> so uh, the pets walk out of the play area, and Pepper is excited and wonders what the treasure is. Gold? Silver? Doubloons? Maybe even triploons! Which I did not get flagged on by Google Docs. And when I looked it up, it's apparently a weapon upgrade and a mod for Terraria. So... I mean, it, it does that. It does um, take proper names from uh, fiction and, uh, you know, has the, but it's, it's a tad odd that that doesn't trip. So Blythe is mad because they might not find anything and they're just making a mess for no reason. And then she points out that even if there was treasure, Mrs. Trombley probably wouldn't get it anyway. Pepper is surprised by this because it's supposed to be Mrs. Trombley's shop, so it should be her treasure, right? But then Russell points to the legal adage of finders, keepers, losers, weepers, oh, oh yeah, the crown. So close I can taste it. See what's mine and take it. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Okay. I've decided to keep that in there because even though my voice cracked a little bit when I went high and I can't really hit those notes very well, I think the rest of it sounded all right. And I like it. So we're keeping that in there. Anyway... So yeah, that's a legal, legal thing in this universe, I guess. So, at this point, the seeds of three rants have been planted, and one still needs a little time to grow, but um, the other two are about ready. So, rant one. I think that uh, Riley was hired to do this by the Biscuits. Like, who else would have uh, this tip and this blueprint if Mrs. Trombley doesn't have it? And who would want the treasure... More than the biscuits. Like, my theory is that they paid this TV host, or the studio even, to go find this treasure and bring it to them. Because it's their treasure, so says them. But it's actually Henrietta's treasure, and... uh by extent, Anna Twombly's treasure. So this is kind of why Riley flirting with Mrs. Twombly is a bit problematic. Because even without this justification, Riley is still only after the treasure and, you know, doesn't actually want Mrs. Twombly in any way. She just wants to sweeten her up so that he can steal the treasure from under her nose. Should it come to that. And it might. Because he might be being paid off by the biscuits. Which biscuits? I don't know actually. Could Fisher want it? Or could the twins want it? Both could. But who would want it more and who would know about it? Fisher is more likely to know about it, but I think the twins are more likely to want it more. So then, um, before we get to the second rant, 
Uh, we see Pepper angered over this and vows to find the treasure before they do. So, rant numero dos. Uh, shouldn't this shake Pepper's faith in her favorite TV show? Because, like, she should just come to realize that every other person in this show that had their, um, house or place of work or whatever, uh, like, invaded to find treasure there, only to not end up with the treasure whatsoever, is messed up. And if it works on this, it should apply all across the board. Although, I do want to point out that last episode we did find out that Vinny still watches Shake a Leg, even though it exploited a minor in one episode. So, maybe the pet's morals aren't up to snuff or fully developed, you know? Because they're still animals and still evolving. I mean, last week we also learned that their sense of free will is still evolving. So, you know, we're we're at that point in this timeline. So, that's uh that's a little fun. Now, like I said, rant 3 needs a little more time to marinate. But when I pull it out, it's going to be something. So, Pepper takes the map when they aren't looking and looks it over and finds something. She asks Russell to come over and see it and some other pets come and see it as well. And they're shocked. So, before we find out what that is, back in the past, Henrietta is leaving and asks the pets not to get into trouble. So the pets are excited for the treasure, and so are the Biscuit Brothers. So, uh, the Biscuit Brothers, named Whitman and Britman, oh, this is, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. We just got to get through this flashback and a little bit of preamble, but I will get to it because I mean, but I, this is, it's so hard for me not to just blow up right now, but I'm going to do it. So Whitman and Britman are exclaiming that Henrietta's gone so that they can steal the treasure. They go through the window and Dog barks at them. They ask Dog where the treasure is, even though they could probably see it from where they are. And they also make a comment on how they should talk to the pets like Henrietta does. Are, like, like, Riley made it seem like she could actually talk to the pets like Blythe can. But I'm wondering if, like, the people of the 1800s just did animal abuse and just didn't talk to the pets. And that's why these animals don't have proper names. Although, it is odd. That, we're, no, I'm, I'm packing that in as, like, part of the third rant I have planned for this because we're getting into stuff just just I need to hang in there so monkey then comes in and slams the window on their backs which should have broken their backs or at least made them pass out or something because that that's not great so, uh, and, um, the pets leave with the treasure while the Biscuit Brothers open the window from their position and just walk into the cottage. 
So the rest of the animals bury the treasure and hide it under some leaves and stuff. And Dog is still barking outside while the biscuits are trying to chase them. But then uh, the biscuits close the door on them. And then there's a knock on the door. And it's Blythe. And she's the sheriff. And we're frozen out here. And we're in there. And I just remembered we're out here. What I want to know is, where's the caveman? I could not resist. So Sheriff Blythe is wondering what they're doing in Henrietta Twombly's home. So the biscuits make up the excuse that they're feeding her animals. But they mess up I guess and call dog over but they say here kitty 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 which angers dog and gets Sheriff Blythe more suspicious so uh like she lets them off easy this time but (laughs) says next time that they're going to GTJ which stands for go to jail but that makes even less sense to do it then than to do it now so mm, I am bursting at the seams although not literally because I do have a seam because I had surgery like uh, over three years ago and if I broke at that scene that would not be fun but like I'm so itching to get to rant three but we need one more thing before I can get to it so uh, yeah it just doesn't make sense because this is like the 1800s and they don't have text lingo they have like telegraph lingo if that so (laughs) maybe (laughs) get out of Henrietta Trombley's house stop or you will be going to jail stop Stuff, something like that. So the animals agree to keep the treasure hidden. And then Hedgehog draws up a map. So in the present, Pepper points out something on the map. Russell takes out one of his quills. And it matches up with the mark on the map. Which is surprising. And Penny asks why that's surprising. Russell says that this map could have only been drawn by a hedgehog. Okay, these chickens have finally come to roost. Rant three, here we go. So, let's talk about a necessary element to any fictional story. Uh, Well, most, well, no, I guess any. Because there are varying levels, but let's talk about suspension of disbelief. Now, suspension of disbelief is the idea that you can put aside things that don't make sense in the real world for the sake of this being a fictional world. So, for example... I can put aside Blythe talking to animals because without that, we wouldn't have a show, exactly. We wouldn't have this show. So, yeah, you can suspend your disbelief and it's, like, different on all sorts of levels. As long as, like, you've established how far something needs to be suspended 
you can accept almost anything. I say almost because in certain contexts, it goes only so far. So here's the thing. I can believe Henrietta Twombly is there. And I can believe the Biscuit Brothers. And I can believe that there was a sheriff. And I can believe that Henrietta Twombly had pets. But in the 1800s, I can't believe they have these same pets. I can't believe that in the 1800s in America, they have a panda, a monkey, a mongoose, and other things. You know, like, I can believe skunk, maybe gecko. I'm on the fence on gecko. Gecko seems a tad odd, but not as not as strange as panda in the 1800s. So one one of my big complaints about uh not one of my big complaints, one of my friends' big complaints is that someone has a panda for a pet now and that's something I choose to suspend my disbelief on because it we can get a panda from China to America practically in the 1800s. I do not believe that that is the case. That is not feasible. Because, like, like, there's no airplanes, so you can't fly them over. And the, the ships aren't as good as they are now. And, like, people die or get sick or get sick and die. And it's not, it's not better for animals. It's not even better for some people. Because, you know, racism is a thing. And this is like the 1800s where, like, you could be racist to, like, German and Scandinavian people. Well, you, I mean, it was more socially acceptable <laughs> is what I mean. But it's, it is just not at all feasible in my opinion. That you could get a panda or an Indian mongoose or a monkey to America safely, let alone all three. This just doesn't make sense to me. This this is like going a little too far. It's like pulling on the suspension wire so hard that it snaps and you just fall flat on your face and like the other thing about that is that like Sheriff Blythe thing is that actually supposed to be Blythe cause like the thing that's like the thing this all hinges on is the map and the existence of the map says that that part of the story with the animals, all of the animals, is real. And they're not just stand-ins for other more accessible animals in the 1800s. And, like, it would be fine if they were just stand-ins. Because, like, the animators don't want to draw new animals. I get it. Animation isn't easy, and it's better to have designs that you already have and instead of using new ones. But, like, the, the fact that it's real is what bugs me and drives me crazy.
it doesn't make any sense that this happened. Like, like Sher- Sheriff Blythe is also like weird and retreading old ground, but like, ah, uh, oh, oh god, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. It's so I don't. Uh, I even have like a fourth rant coming up, but like the subject of that rant just is like sudden. But it's not, it's not boiling up. I'm like, the, the, like ever since I started this podcast, I knew, I knew this was going to be a big deal because it's just it annoys me so much that like they expect me to believe. That someone in the 1800s has a panda. Come on. Uh, 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 I don't. I'm done. I think I'm done. It might pop up. But for right now. I am done with this. So, with the map being established that it was drawn right, I did not get to this part of the rant. Even though I wrote it in my notes, I just didn't pay attention to it. Are they their actual ancestors? I said I was done and now I'm not done. Like, but... This is like the last thing. Are they are they the actual ancestors? Like of like we know I can believe Mrs. Twombly ancestry and the biscuit ancestry, but not the dang animals. Mm. Mm. Not Sheriff Blythe, because well I can kind of believe that maybe Sheriff Blythe, but it's stupid. Okay. Done. Put a little bow on it. I even, I, I'm sending it off. So, with the map being established that it was drawn by Hedgehog, we realize uh, that they made a mistake in measuring it out in human steps. They should be measuring it out in hedgehog steps. And uh, Blythe is more upset because they just dug a hole in the middle of the shop for no reason. But Pepper is excited because they can find the treasure first and claim it before the show can. So they ask to go outside, but there's no real evidence of this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they have it in reverse. Because, like, I don't know. I guess that's the logic, but it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, they don't explain it. It makes sense. They don't explain it very well. So, Blythe agrees because it means getting the TV crew out faster. So, outside, Russell is pacing... Well, Pepper imitates the show that she now knows is stealing from people. So, again, pets haven't developed a complex set of morals yet. It's just simple. So, Vinny asks her to cool it and says that we're not in a jungle. But Pepper says they are in a jungle. A concrete jungle. So Russell hits pace number 40. And Pepper grabs a shovel and tries digging. But Blythe points out that shovels do not go through concrete. So Vinny finds a manhole. And Blythe reads that it's from Biscuit Brothers Construction. And says that they've been annoying this city for generations. Which, 
is true. And I love I love that line. There's there's a lot of things I like about this episode, but then there's that one thing, that little little thing that like gets me so riled up. But a lot of this episode's great. So they work together to lift the manhole, and it seems that they're struggling. Now, if only they had help from a true gentleman, like Gonta. I can't believe I referenced Danganronpa twice in this podcast. You know, one for each season. Maybe I'll maybe I'll reference it two more times in the two remaining seasons. That would be fun. Anyway, so then we flash back to the past. The animals are sleeping in their tree when they hear the noise of construction. So there are structures being built around the home of Henrietta Twombly. And Henrietta is stunned. She walks up to the Biscuit Brothers and the Biscuit Brothers inform her that they're on private property. So they explain that the Biscuit Brothers are now in construction and bought all of the surrounding land so they can build stuff on it. And uh, Henrietta, like, knows they're up to something and goes to the sheriff. Gakko says they should keep an eye on them, but Skunk says they're gone. So the Biscuit Brothers uh, are going into a tunnel they built and are complimenting each other on their plan to use the construction to dig a tunnel underground to sneak onto Twombly's private property and steal the treasure. So... If History Honeys has taught me anything, it's that business entrepreneurs in the 1800s don't add up to good things. If you buy insurance, you're murdering someone. Uh, I forgot the second thing. But applying that logic in the 1800s, if you're buying land surrounding someone, you're you're out to steal something that they have and use the construction as cover. So, uh, in the present, the pets can't find the treasure in the sewer and thinks that uh, it got got. But then we hear Riley announce that uh, they have a breakthrough. Riley pulls out some of that fake flirting and asks Mrs. Trombley what she found. Because Mrs. Trombley has found something. Anna Trombley has found an old box she was left years ago, but thought it wasn't important. She tries to continue to explain, but Riley interrupts her and shows the camera what's in the box. The building plans for the store next door... From the Biscuit Construction Company. Which includes a secret compartment. Where they think the treasure is. So. They burst into sweet delights. And we see them pass buttercream. And then Christy is on the phone. Asking the person on the other end. For like. A modicum of publicity. And then the TV crew rushes in with cameras. And Christy says, that, that was pretty fast. So Blythe and the pets follow, and uh, Pepper asks Buttercream, did you see a crazy Australian guy with a camera crew pass by? And then Buttercream, oh Buttercream, she gets like two lines in this episode, but this first line, oh boy. Um, Buttercream asks, did he have fancy, antsy, elephanty ears? And a scushamusherific mermaid tail. And a purse-ba-burse banana fan of a first that was all wrong for him? Pepper says no. And Buttercream points them in the direction that they went. So, you may be wondering why Buttercream said that. I have an answer. To explain, we gotta get a little crazy. Now, we know that there are at least two Aunt Christies. 
one in the universe of the show who only has temporal mutant powers, and one in the real world who's the queen of darkness, all hail, who can also use these temporal powers. So, what if there are more on different timelines or different universes, and because Christy has temporal powers in some or all of them, uh, the temporalness affects buttercream in some ways. Like, maybe in a different universe, Buttercream did see a crazy Australian that fits that description. And so Buttercream has to realign herself. And uh, if she can control it, it'll be like this. But if she can't control it, she does a little like character trait thing where she like crosses her eyes, twists her ears, and stomps her foot. To readjust herself. And you might be thinking. That might be a little cruel. But I have a way that that's not cruel. So Buttercream and other bunnies like her. And other pets like and other beings like her. Are born in between time and space and taken by people who have temporal abilities like this Aunt Christie does. And since this Aunt Christie connects to all the other Aunt Christies, it gets a little messy and a little tangled at times, but, but she's used to it growing up uh, in a realm between time and space and then being brought to this world. And you know what? She's doing pretty well. And now, if you're wondering why this makes sense, but a panda in America in the 1800s doesn't, that's personal preference I guess although I have kind of explained this and there's no good explanation for the other thing so take that as you will I am like another thing is this is all speculation on my part I have no way of directly proving this I just have a ton of evidence of things unspoken in the show and in Twitterverse this show does not provide a lot of information some of it is needed back to the show so they rush over and meet the crew as Riley takes off some wallpaper to reveal the Biscuits logo. So, back in the past, the Biscuit brothers have found the treasure and take it up. The animals see this and go over and confront them by, you know, making threatening noises at them. And Britman says, possibly my favorite line in the show, uh, not the show, this episode. Uh, it's as if they know we're stealing the treasure. That's it's great. It's so good. I love it. So then uh, we see Henrietta explaining to the sheriff what's going on. And the sheriff's like, well, I'll take care of it. And they hear the animals. So the sheriff catches the Biscuit Brothers red-handed with the treasure in their hands and the Biscuit Brothers run off while the sheriff runs after them. So they go to the building next door and hide the treasure in the wall and mark it with uh, B and run off. So in the present, they break the wall down! And then uh, Riley is excited. 
He goes in to get the treasure, but finds nothing. And says, cut! Because they didn't find anything. So Riley walks off. Russell wonders why they would mark it there if it wasn't there. Pepper says it was there, but someone else took it. We then see paw prints that match up with Pepper's. So Skunk helped take this out, at least. So back in the past, the pets spy on where the Biscuit Brothers hid the treasure and plan to get it out. Hedgehog finds a saw and cuts a strange hole. Like, it's a saw. You don't, like, you can cut a solid edge with a saw, but it's not a solid edge. It's a bunch of crooked edges. But whatever. Uh, They cut a hole in and get the treasure. The Biscuit Brothers see this, and they engage the animals in a Scooby-Doo-style chase where uh, the Biscuit Brothers try pushing down the walls of some of their buildings. The pets are always in the windows. They run across the cement that's still wet, which annoys the person who's laying the cement down, flattening it. And uh, they get to Henrietta's house, and they do, like, the thing with the doors again, but with, like, the door and window and chimney and stuff of the small little cottage. So the running on cement actually kind of helps our present day heroes because in the present day we see uh, the pets continuing to follow the footprints but uh they eventually end and Vinny thinks that they were abducted by aliens and hops onto Penny Ling. But Blythe says that's a little unlikely. Penny's trying to get Vinny down from her face while Pepper tries to think like the animals of the past. Zoe says that they would want to keep it where they would see it in their house. Pepper thinks that it's in the house, but then Minka says, not in the people house, but in the animal house, which they deduce is the hollow tree, which they know of because of the photo, which we learn later. Russell points out that the tree isn't there anymore, but now they realize they need to figure out where the tree was in relation to what the area is like now. So they walk into the littlest pet shop and the crew is there. So Pepper asks Blythe for a distraction, which Blythe thinks she can manage. Blythe's distraction is saying that she found something. When Riley asks what that was, Blythe says, A door with treasure this way written on it. And then they all follow Blythe to this door. This is... This is incredible. I love this. Oh, God. It's like... It's like... uh, Like, when I last played uh, a role-playing session with my friends, I actually convinced a guard that they were sleeping while I was stealing, you know, gold off their (laughs) ship. Like, it's amazing. So Minka grabs the photo and the blueprints and they use it to decipher that the tree is was where the dumb waiter is now. So they all climb in, which is dangerous because it could barely fit three of them in Blythe without causing problems. I don't know if seven of them without Blythe is more or less than that. It seems to be more, as we'll find out. But whatever. Uh, Pennyling is doing the lifting solo, which you know, just just have someone help. Just have Russell help you, because he has like mutant strength. Like this has been established multiple times. Why does no one use their mutant powers when it's uh, convenient? So, Pepper says to keep an eye on things and look for stuff. 
Penny gets tired and lets go. So then the dumbwaiter falls and everyone is panicking, except for Pepper, who says it'll stop when they hit the bottom. But then they just crash through the bottom and keep going. And Pepper starts freaking out. So, another bit of consistency in uh, this episode is that uh, in Dumb Dumbwaiter, uh, Minka used Blythe's comb to stop the Dumbwaiter. So, uh, like, if it were crashing on full-on in Dumb Dumbwaiter, we would have found the secret, but since we didn't, we didn't. So, when they hit the actual dirt, Penny Ling asks if everyone is alright. They say yes, and then they see the treasure in what's left of the tree. So, back in the past, we see the animals hiding the treasure in the tree. Whitman tries grabbing at it from the hole, while Britman suggests cutting it down with a saw. The pets are trying to defend their treasure, but seem to be outmatched by human ingenuity. So the tree falls onto the cottage, and the Biscuit Brothers go after the treasure when they are put under arrest by the sheriff. The Biscuit Brothers try to get out of it, like, you know, surely we, there's a way to go out. <laughs> and that's when Henrietta Twombly has an idea. She says not to press charges so that they can let them go so that they can build a new building for her because her old building is destroyed and she likes the architecture of these new buildings because they're so well built. So Sheriff Blythe agrees to this and <laughs> the Biscuit Brothers agree to this as well. And then we cut to the opening of Twombly's Feed Shop. And uh, Sheriff Blythe says that this building will probably be with her for a long time. And I guess since it's the littlest pet shop, it is. Even though Mrs. Twombly rebelled a bit and did a worldwide tour of a martial art she invented. But, you know, she did say uh, coming back to run this place felt like what she was meant to do all along. <laughs> so, I guess exploring the world and creating a martial art was worth it. So, in the present, Blythe is calling for the pets and the pets are celebrating their fine. Blythe tries pulling them up, but it's a little too much for her. Riley and the crew bust in and see Blythe and Blythe asks for help. Uh, Riley and Blythe pull it up and find the pets with the treasure. So Riley takes credit for finding the treasure. And Pepper is displeased because the pets found the treasure. And just when it seems like all hope is lost and Riley will keep the treasure for himself, Riley opens the treasure dramatically, only to figure out that it is pet kibble. So then we flash back to the scene where Henrietta was first showing what was the treasure. And we see that the treasure that would ensure them that they would never go hungry again was food. And no wonder the pets tried to protect it. Animals try to protect their source of food. Because it's amazing. <laughs> Anyway, in the present, the crew is walking off angrily and Riley gives the pet food to Mrs. Trombley. Trombley opens the chest and finds a book of Henrietta's old recipes, which is a real treasure. Blythe points out that Trombley's love for animals is in her DNA. Trombley says she can't wait to whip up some of this stuff for the shop, which would have alleviated the problem from the last episode. But it would also have led to them not uncovering a conspiracy, which is good publicity. And this is good for their shop. So all's well that ends well, I guess.
So Blythe agrees that that's a good idea and asks the pets to agree. But then she can't find the pets and then they appear in the box of pet kibble and begin eating. Pepper points out that this is over 100 years old, but Russell says it's fine and they continue eating. And it was pointed out in Topped with Buttercream that pet food does have a long shelf life. So that's where the episode ends. And as far as my feelings on it, uh, it's it's a fine episode. I like a lot of it, but like the one thing I don't like about it, uh, like a lot hinges on that. It's like it's like a big old Resident Evil monster that has a big glaring weakness that you shoot at. And once you shoot at it, that monster explodes. But it's big and tough and practically invincible in every other way. So, yeah, this is kind of like that. It's funny. It's like... It's not too zany for the most part. It's like It's like the right level of what this show should be. Except for that one little thing. Like, my my other two rants about, like, Riley being a spy for the largest ever, and Pepper maybe or maybe not losing faith in her favorite show, those are acceptable things, and those are kind of jokey in tone, and they're like... Like, it's all in good fun, and that's fine. But this, like, the the whole thing where these pets happened in the 1800s, I just, I don't get, and I don't like, and it, it just bugs me, as you can tell. But, like I said, it has a lot of funny quotes... A lot of zany dialogue and zany situations, and you know it's 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 fine. It's it's a good episode outside of that one thing. And like when you consider some other episodes, that that's that's a strong point. So that being said, I will ended the episode here so be sure to leave a comment on shout engine on apple podcast on the google play store and wherever else rss feeds go whenever they're looking for treasure and join me next time when we go over the episode what meme worry and Here is why I think the Alfred E. Newman thing might be a little more than a coincidence. Because the next episode references his catchphrase. Anyway, I'll see you later. Bye.